to You Never Text Me Back. Let's overanalyze this. Today, we're talking about parents and texting with my mom, Catherine Galogli. Hey, Bridget's mom. Hi, you guys. Nice to be on your show. <laughs> Thanks for coming, ma'am. You're welcome. Now, you're you're uh, reaching out to us from the great state of Michigan. No. No. Where is she? Illinois. Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Michigan, you know, the Great Lakes and stuff. Oh, Chicago. Right. It's in Illinois. I went to Arizona State. We didn't learn a lot. <laughs> Catherine, what's the weather like back home right now? It is 49 and cloudy, but it's winter, so it's okay here in Chicago. Wow, that's actually pretty amazing because it's like probably like 67 and cloudy here. So yeah, it's real nice because it's been raining and the sky isn't like a dingy shade of puce. It's a good word. Puce is a good word. So what we're talking about today is parents and texting and modern technology affecting our, our relationships with our folks. And we've all been there, at least Bridget and I definitely have, where we failed to call our parents back and we feel like the rough guilt. And today we're lucky because we're going to hear it from both sides because all we ever do is complain to each other sometimes about like, I don't have time to call my mom back. But now we're actually hearing from Bridget's mom about what that feels like for a parent. I would like to preface this with, I never actually feel guilty because I always call you back. I talk to you like every day, but I'm sure most people do feel guilt. (laughs) So don't believe her, mom. I'm not avoiding your calls. Sometimes uh, I get really, really busy or sometimes I'm in like in in the middle of something. My mom will text or she'll give me a call and I'll actively ignore it, not maliciously, but I'll just be like, yeah, I'll get to it when I, when I can and then end up completely forgetting it. And then a couple of days will go by and Jolene will be like, call your mother in a text that is clearly like, and I can hear her voice. So um, I guess my first question for you, Catherine, is are you, are you ever aware of when you're guilting us or, you know, is there like an active, like, well, I'm just going to keep texting until she feels bad enough and she calls me. Hmm. I, I don't, I don't feel, well, I personally, number one, like to talk to Bridget. So I'm not so much texting her to just ask her if she's going to call me. I'm texting her. It's usually a stream of consciousness of something that I've either thought about or I'm ranting about or a movie I saw or, um, just as an info, like a, use it as a, like a notepad info session. I don't know. Is that fair, Bridget? I would definitely say that's fair. You text me the most hilariously disjointed text messages that sometimes take me a while to catch on to. Like last time when you texted me that I should name my first son Gael, but I there was no context. So I was like, Gail? Gael? Like, why would I name my kid that? And then you texted that you were watching, binge watching Mozart and the Whale and it all came together. Yeah, because you wanted her to name her kid after Gael Garcia Bernal, a famous Mexican actor who's really hot, by the way. He's, he's very hot. He's very hot. Yeah. <laughs> he's very hot. Yeah, I would say I would say you know what's really funny about you is that you tend to jump from technology technology to technology the way that I would in terms of you'll send me an email about something and then you'll like think about something related and text me about it and then you'll call me and then you'll like go back to email and so you fluidly go between the three but I don't feel like you accurately use all three because sometimes you'll sign your text messages like love mom and I'm like well I know it's you like hey Bridget <laughs> it's mom and I'm like I know it's a text message and then sometimes you'll send me emails and say oh watch this really interesting video but you don't actually put a link so that's where I that's where I run into trouble where I'm like 
you couldn't you couldn't just copy and paste the link in there for me? I do agree. It's like you mix the visual with the um, having to type, and then also the difference between the computer and the phone. I haven't gotten where that it all matches yet. But I'm really glad that you're bright enough to get the hopping from one topic to the other and you appreciate my humor. Whereas I think a lot of times in texting, you miss the subtleties of either like sarcasm or humor. Um, And then with that whole thing with spelling, and if you don't really spell check your what you wrote, it sometimes looks like you've just come up with something totally bizarre that doesn't make any difference. Um, So that frustrates me. But I don't think I guilt you. I don't think that you guilt me. I feel like you guilt Anne, though. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Well, we can't talk about her because she's not here, so. Well, we can talk. I mean, she's one of your children. I feel like because I naturally call you, like, every day or every other day or something, I don't feel like you ever feel like we haven't talked in a while unless I'm, like, on vacation. But I feel like you constantly, maybe you don't guilt her, but you, like, guilt me about her. You'll be like, have you spoken to your sister recently? <laughs> I think that's more of just like wanting to know. You're right. Instead of just emailing or calling her or texting her. You do I'm that, working on it. You do that with Connor too. You'll be like, have you spoken to your brother? Do you know what's happening in his life? And I'm like, you live three blocks away. Like, why am I the conduit to this? <laughs> okay, we could cut out that part okay. of this. <laughs> I feel like All I right. feel like with my family, I, I'm a little bit on the similar side, except I'm Anne and like my brothers are are Bridget because my parents will like contact my brothers a little bit more frequently because they know they'll like at least get through to them. Whereas me, it's like hit or miss. My mom will like call in the middle of the day and I'll see it and I'll be like, I am at work and you know I'm at work. Or like, you know, they'll they'll send text messages and but they're not expecting a response from me right away, but they will like Every time I do get on the phone, they're like, so have you spoken with your brothers? Do you know what's going on in their lives? And I'm like, no, I haven't because I haven't even spoken to you yet. And and there is that little bit of like, hmm, must be must be so busy over there in Los Angeles. You can't even talk to your family. And I know that like they know that I'm super busy, but it doesn't stop my mom from leaving me hilarious voice messages. Like I've got one that, that's been saved for a year now where she was like, Julie, I know you're not going to grace me with a grandchild anytime soon, which is unfortunate because they're not going to make you feel the way you make me feel when you just blatantly ignore me and don't give me the time of day. So call your mother. And I was like, what? (laughs) Jolene? God damn it. And I immediately called her. It worked. I immediately called her. There's something to be said for that, like, old school Catholic guilt. Well, one thing I know, like, Bridget will always text me back when she's ready or like if she, it used to be when she was on her way to work and now that didn't work for me because I'm working every day. So it's more or less like we use it as a check-in call. Um, I personally would rather talk on the phone. Somebody told me I'm like the last person in the whole free world that wants to talk on the phone, but I'd like hearing the voice and the nuances rather than doing the typing part. Yeah. I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like I actually guilt you more than you guilt me because I'll be like, mom, what the fuck? I called you three times this week. What are you not calling me back? Call me on your way home. And then you'll, you'll text me and say, can I call you? And I'll be like, yeah, obviously. Why don't you just call first instead of texting? Can I call? And then you call, but it's like two hours later and I miss it. I think I guilt you more. 
Well, I think the other thing that started to happen every now and then, and I don't really like it about myself, is, you know, my little problem every now about binge watching. And I know there's been a couple times where I've said, I can't talk to you now. I'm, <laughs> I'm watching an episode and I'm on like number eight of the day, which is like eight hours of, you know, watching. I watched all three seasons of Mozart in the Jungle in like five days. And I'm like, all right, even that's extreme for me. <laughs> It's <laughs> awesome. I love that you've been ignoring your daughter's calls for TV. Like you're, you're literally me. You are me. <laughs> so then I'm like, I actually have told them, I'm like, I really can't talk to you now. I don't lie. I mean, I don't say I'm doing something else. I just, you know, say I'm binge watching a show. I can't. Well, it's funny because Julie, you just like won't answer. My mom will answer and she'll pretend for like maybe like 45 seconds. She'll be like, oh, hey, Bridge, how are you? And I'm like, what are you doing, mom? I know you're not paying attention to my story. And she's like, I'm watching a show. I can't talk to you right now. Okay, bye. And then she'll hang up on me. But you do that too, but you're usually typing and you're, you've got all your, I can hear you typing because you're that fake, that typing real fast and got a lot of windows open and you're multitasking between screens and then you're like what 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 did you say um so that's fair yeah whereas i'll just give i'll just give my phone side eye like somebody's calling me while i'm in the middle of a show and i'm like nope that is not happening right now like i am not getting out of this zone i am with my people i'm with my friends on tv we're having a moment i'll call you back when i can but i also like if i ever do have to like you know message or call someone back i'll i'll use the I'm busy. You know, I, I'm just really busy right now. I won't actually say like I'm ignoring you for a show because there's still a part of me that's like, I don't want them to feel that I'm that I don't value their time. But right now I don't value their time because it's walking dead. That's interesting because I there are times where I want my brain to shut off and I just want to give my full attention to something, you know, on the movie screen or the television screen and not really think about, you know, or get any feedback. Um <laughs> What was it like? Um, Because obviously you are my mother, which means that people know that I'm of a certain age, which means you're of a certain age and a certain generation. What was it like when you were my age? So you were, you know, turning 30. Obviously, you had kids and, you know, married, etc. But what was it like when you lived out of state from your mom and like communication when you did not have texting and emailing? Well, you know, I'm going to go back a little further. I remember that. Well, number one, we didn't, we never had the feeling like I feel like you all have that you have to stay in touch. Like we were like, okay, we're going to go out and play and we would just take off and no one like worried that we weren't coming back. And in fact, mothers would be like, just come back before dark. You know, like they were like, you can go off and play and just have fun and come back and do your thing. But when I went to college, I remember that I would call them once a week. I would put a quarter in the phone. I would let it ring three times and I would hang up. And then my parents would call me back. And then we would talk for, I'm sure my mother had the timer on for a certain amount of time because of expense. And then we would hang up. So if you called and it wasn't at the set time, it was only because something was wrong. It's probably like when you guys would call me before, I'd be like, what's wrong? And you'd be like, nothing. I'd be like, oh, okay. Because we never would have called. I don't know if it was because of the money or if it was just the way you did things. That's, that's actually really interesting. The idea of 
because your landline was attached to your house, not your person, you really had to like think through and actually stick to the time. Like Thursday at 7 p.m., I will be calling, be in your kitchen next to the phone, ready to answer my call. And I think it's hilarious that they waited three calls. They knew it was you. And then they, <laughs> then they called you back. Yeah. It's so funny. But um, I think it's really interesting because it was so much more purposeful and now I feel like people are so much more flaky. People are probably flaky all the time in the history of humanity. But I feel like now people can be more flaky because they have their phone with them in the cab. And they can be like, oops, I'm running five minutes late. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry, can't make it. Had to go run an errand. Like the you know, ins- Oh, call me while I'm out. Yeah, the instant access makes it even easier for us to be flakier. Because you're like, oh, well, I'll just, I'll, they'll know. Like, mm-hmm. I'll give them an excuse and they'll know why this is happening. You, you'll know why I'm not calling. You'll know why I'm not there on time. You'll know this. You'll know that. But it also, like, gives us, like, a like a, an excuse. Instead of keeping dates or keeping, like, certain call times with our folks or family or, you know, friends from far away, the instantaneous access we have to people just kind of makes us, like, yeah, it, 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 the, the pageantry of having, like, a call every Thursday night at 7 o'clock doesn't exist anymore. Right. As far as that goes, um, from watching you all, like, when did you guys get your cell phones? College. I was 18 when I went to college. Yeah. Was 19. Yeah. So you haven't really had them that long. But to just to watch how nobody can make a decision, whereas before, I think in many ways, you your time, like when you said to your friends, we're all meeting at eight at the Lake Street Theater, that's where you met. It wasn't like now where it seems like it's an auction. I find it almost exhausting watching all of you texting about, well, should we go to the lake or should we go somewhere else? Well, are we going to go to this restaurant or that one? Well, should we do cocktails? Should we? And I'm like, oh, my God, just make a choice and, and, and go with it. Where and that's and then I usually tell them I'm like once you make your decisions just tell me because it's exhausting following the text chains of people putting their input in and then the new thing that I've noticed and I said to a couple of my friends the other day I asked you if you wanted to go to the movie that's what I asked you do you want to go and it was a specific movie and by the time a few people were in the group. It was like, no, I don't want to go to the lake. I would rather go see a movie here. And then another one was like, no, let's go do dinner. And I said, well, when did this ever get to about your opinions? I really asked you if you want to go see this movie. It's yes or no. (laughs) But I noticed that everybody does it now. It's so bizarre. It's like, do you want to go see like Manchester by the Sea? Yes or no? You, that's that's the question. Yeah, because that's uh, the option. Not do you want to like start changing up the whole thing? No, I'd rather go for a walk and blah blah blah. I didn't ask you to go for a walk. I asked you, do you want to go like at eight o'clock to go do this? And I notice it's happening all the time. Like it's like, no, this isn't about your opinion. It's it's like, do you want to accept the invitation? <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think about that? That's actually interesting because we were talking last week with um, someone on another podcast and she said that when she asked people, hey, do you guys want to go? I'm like coordinating this. People either chime in with their opinions about it or they're like, maybe, maybe, maybe and waffle and never mm-hmm. make a decision till like the last minute. And she says, I already know I made other plans. You yeah. didn't say yes. So I made other plans. So I do think that 
there's too much choice now. It's like when you go to the grocery store and there's a hundred flavors of peanut butter, it's really hard to pick one, you know, you're like, oh, well, I could get crunchy, but I could also get double crunchy and I could also get smooth because smooth might be better than the cookies I'm going to be making. And maybe I should get jiffy over there. And it's like, there's just too much going on instead of before it used to be like, well, there's two brands. You either like A or B, let's just get out of here. There's four restaurants in town. You can only go to one. So now there's like... I mean, within five minutes of my house, there's got to be 100 restaurants. At least. We're in L.A. There's got to be like 700 within yeah. a, within a mile. I had a friend who recently was calling and she was like, I need to vent about something. And it was she was trying to do Galentine's Day um, with all of her girls. So she was getting all of her girls together and she was like, where should we go? Here are my options. And it was like three options, different price points. And there's always like those those few chicks or few friends who are like, yeah, that's just not going to work for me. But then they don't offer up any solutions. And then it's like, okay, what about this one? Yeah, it's out of my price range. All right, cool. What about this one? I'm vegan. And you're like, and you just want somebody to make a decision. And I feel like that hasn't happened before based on like what my parents have told me and what like my older brother has said, like, no, back in the day, it was like, we're meeting at that diner and we will be there at 1230. It's going to be lunchtime. It's going to be awesome. And that's it. Mm -hmm. If you can make it, you can make it. If you can't, you can't. And now there's just so much back and forth because people have the ability to, to, to contact everyone and just be like, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, Mm -hmm. like what, what Bridget was saying about waffling until the last minute, because you want the option of saying no and then missing out. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, and I even think it goes past that. Um, I notice, and I don't even know if it's generational now, but there's so many, even especially your age group, everybody's out together, but everybody's on their phone. Do you have nothing to say to each other? So you're bored? I, I don't understand it because to me, when I'm out with, and maybe that was the difference, like what your brother said, if you went to the diner and you were meeting your friends at eight, it's because you had a lot to talk about and you were going to be gabbing and enjoying each other, you know, maybe having a few beers or getting drunk or eating because you wanted to be together, not because it was, uh, well, it fits into my schedule. It just seems more, I don't know. It seems like harder Yeah, I think people are also so addicted that they don't even realize that they're checking their phones and stuff while they're with other people. I make a conscious effort when I'm with people to put my phone on silent in my bag. And the only thing that has volume is if someone calls me, because usually if something is like bad happens or important happens, someone will call you, not just text you. And otherwise, all the notifications are on silent so that I can actually be with someone. And I'd only pull out my phone if I'm like, oh, I want to show you something that we can look at together or I want to enter your phone number into my phone or or something that's like a purpose. And then I put it away again. But sometimes I'll be out with people and I'm like, what are you doing? You're here with me. Stop playing games on your phone. What is going on? Or like, (laughs) stop, stop trying to do other things. When we're here together, go do other things on your time. I could be watching TV at my house by myself if you're if I'm gonna be by myself here. Yeah, there was there was one time when I was back home and a bunch of us grandkids were hanging out with my grandma and she does not have it. We were just like sitting around and one of my cousins was playing on his phone and she was like, You're here visiting with me. And all of a sudden it got quiet because like my grandma doesn't raise her voice anytime and she was just like, You can put that away. And just, like, stared him down until he put it away because it really is, like, a generational thing. We're so used to just be looking – to just look down at our phone all the time Mm -hmm. that, you know, you get somebody who who didn't have cell phones, you know, most of their lives. And all of a sudden they're like, no, we're actually engaged in, like, a conversation. And it wasn't until I – I got called out by my grandma that I was like, oh, I am doing this. Like, I keep my phone on me at all times. And if it's out on the – 
on the table, like if I'm at to dinner, it's like a conscious feeling. Like there's like a physical feeling where I'm like, oh, I'm just going to put this away because that's uncomfortable for me because it makes it seem like they're not number one priority. I'm waiting for something more interesting to pop up on my phone. Right. I think it takes you away. Um, I was I took my granddaughter to ballet um, last Saturday and it has a long hall with all the classrooms off on either side. So you have to walk all the way to the end where her class is. And so you're walking past a lot of little ballerinas and their mom or dad. And one thing I noticed is that every single adult was engaged with their cell phone. Not one parent was engaged with their child and the children just kind of just were standing there like waiting. And so when I sat down with Sarah, I looked down the whole hall and I thought, well, this obviously is like a problem to me. So I sat with Sarah and I said, tell me, show me one of your moves. And we were the only two. She was doing little twirls and position, you know, first position, things like that. And I thought, wow, this is what it's about is engaging back and forth. But um, I just thought it was eerily um at some level sad and it was mid morning. So it's not even like you could even say, Oh my God, it was so early. No one wanted to talk. Um, we've created a monster at some level. I know we're off the topic about texting, but um, do you find that because neither of us are parents, do you find that when you were a parent going to like, you know, me and Ann and Connor's little league games and soccer games that you and the other parents, not only did you interact with your children more because you didn't have a phone to look at, but also you interacted with the other parents more because I noticed when I was coaching that usually once like the team, it's like a few weeks in the parents all start to chit chat, especially at games because now they're watching the kids and there's something to do. But I noticed that at the beginning of the seasons, a lot of them are kind of like, like it's almost like they don't know how to make friends with other parents anymore. Yeah, it's almost like you're back into first grade where you have to learn how to have social skills to talk to one another. Um, I always had friends, you kind of wanted to see them and you had a you had a like sometimes you were so busy gabbing, you had to say, Wait, look, look, that your child just scored a goal and then you'd be like, Good job, honey. <laughs> Good job and you didn't see it. But <laughs> Um, it, it was more social because you could all talk to one another and you didn't have the distraction of something else calling to you because again, your landline was at home. I think you talked more because the other thing is because your team were usually your kids from school, you knew these people and you knew the children. So you had a chance to get to know them as people that you liked. Not that you liked everybody, but more so that these could be people that you went out to dinner with or. Yeah. And you also, I mean, because we lived in the same town, I mean, you knew the same parents from like the school activities from when I was in kindergarten to when I was 18 years old. So yeah. it's like 20 years of friendship with the same people. Right. Now there's a lot. And well, and the other thing is life is extremely appears to be extremely busy and people seem more frantic in trying to get things done 
But I also think that you can use your telephone as a like a pacifier. Just as a side note, in the healthcare professions, they've already said that your generation, when they get old and maybe have dementia, will have baskets full of cell phones because that's what you're used to. So instead of, so instead of like ladies now who fold laundry and like to hold a baby, your group's going to be just texting or playing with little fake computers <laughs> kind of sad and pathetic but you know what I mean it's like each generation has their own thing I would be I would be curious to see if there's any studies or if like anybody's wondering about the fact that like cell phones and being more technologically savvy for the elderly is causing like regression's not the right word and and Catherine you're a you're a hospice nurse so help me with my like what I'm trying to say here is that because we have our cell phones, we might have fewer friends, fewer actual physical interactions. And so when, when it comes to the elderly, rather than relying on like a community around them to either, you know, engage or entertain, they're now on their cell phones and not actually having physical contact with people. Is that is that anything that's that's true? You know what? I don't know that. I just I do know that they that still social contact and human touch one-on-one. You look at some of the European um, nursing facilities are combining college students to live there in the houses with people or they have their daycares in the the facilities. So it's more of like a family environment where there's a lot of interaction or they'll help teenagers do their homework after school. So that still is the best. But, you know, you can't tell any grandma or great grandma who gets to see their great grandchild over Skype that that's not a value, you know, either. But that doesn't ever take the place of somebody sitting there looking you in the eye and um, talking to you. You know, like the guy the other day was holding my hand and he just made me laugh because, it, you know, he kind of popped up when we were holding hands. He was like, I haven't held hands for a long time. I'm like, either if I, aren't we lucky? You know, so that, you know, that's, I, I don't, I hope nothing ever takes the place of like human interaction. Yeah. Except for robots, because that's coming. <laughs> that's coming. Helper bots are on the way. <laughs> And then it's going to be Terminator. We all know what's we all know what's coming down the hill. <laughs> I love you too. Oh my god, Skynet is real. I don't Skynet's care what anyone real. says. Real, real. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I think is interesting is that I feel like because we talk on the phone and because we text and stuff, that it actually hasn't been that long since I've seen you. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I know everything that's going on in her life. And then I'm like, what? I haven't seen her in six months. Like, how did that happen? And it's because I almost feel like we're in more. I mean, we are very close compared to most people, but more in relationship. And I feel like I know what's going on more in your life. And you probably feel the same since we post so many things, you know, on social media and whatnot that. But then you don't realize that you're not actually getting that quality sort of intimacy time. Well, I think because we do speak and you get to hear the voice, that's very intimate in in the sharing. And I, I do believe, and if you're, if you're faking it, you're doing a really good job that most of the time when we talk, you are really present. So, and, and that we are honest to say, look, I'm busy. I can't do this now. Um, 
um, which is real and there's no hurt feeling. So I think that we have a real honest relationship. My grandparents came over from Europe and they never saw their families again. You know, and my mom grew up in Minnesota and then came to Chicago and only saw her parents once a year. And then, you know, I saw my parents twice a year once I got married. It's almost like you, you know, my mother always said you have to give kids a root and wings and you let them give them always that groundedness, but you let them fly where they want. So I'm, you know, as far as that goes, I'm extremely proud that you've, you know, gone to California and you, you like what you do and you are happy and, you know, that's, that's exciting. And I like hearing what you're up to, even if I don't even understand half of it. I love that. I love the, the, like, even though we're far away, because, you know, Bridget and I both don't live where our, fer- our parents live. And even though we're far away, there's still like a little bit of a mama bear, you know, ability to hear through the phone. I think that's for me specifically, I will, if I'm having like a rough time, I'll actively ignore my parents' calls because I don't want them to know it. Because I know that they know me well enough that they hear it in my voice. Case in point, last year, um, I had a donkey shit birthday. It was so, so shitty. I was working on this show. The day the day just went downhill. It started with me watching a homeless woman take a dump in front of my van and just kept going. It, like, it was just the worst birthday ever. Um, and... I got on the phone with my folks like the next day and I was just trying so hard. I was like, yeah, everything's great. Everything's everything's magical and life is wonderful. And my mom could hear it in my voice. And she was just like, I got to I got to go. I'll 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 see you later, honey. I got to go check out on our daughter. And she literally drove all the way from New Mexico out to L.A. just to hang out with me for a couple of days. And it was just it was a surprise. She was like, hey, um, kind of at your door. So uh, when you get off of work, maybe you could let me in. And it was it was the most selfless, most amazing thing because I definitely needed my mom. And I didn't realize how I was actively like ignoring her on the phone or at least trying to like paint a pretty picture about what was going on and how, how good I was feeling during my birthday week. But I love the mama bear tendency is even there, you know, through technology. Like when when I toss a comment at my mom, she'll be like, what's up? Something going on? Do I have to kill somebody? Who do I have to stab in the face? Yeah, I always feel sad for children that don't like their parents because I would do anything in the world some days to have my mom sit here because she always made it right. She was magical. So I kind of like it that Bridget doesn't have that many bad days, but when she does, she's not afraid to share it either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she'll be real honest. Yeah, and you're definitely, I mean, you definitely have that sort of like magical ability to, uh, I remember when I had my first boyfriend when I was in grade school, I came home from school and I was like, hey mom, and she's like, what's different about you? <laughs> and I was like, nothing. She's like, that's a lie. You have a boyfriend. And I was like, she's a witch. <laughs> my mother's a wizard. <laughs> and it was like that through everything. I mean, there, there's, there's a... There's definitely an interesting connection that one day I'll be excited to experience myself, knowing the, just like how subtle the nuance of like, you know exactly how they sound and when they're upset and when they're happy and when they're, you know, that like sometimes just a cup of tea is enough or sometimes mm-hmm. you need a full on, I'll be there and like visit a session. you. Is it, is it true? Is there something to the maternal clairvoyance? Like, like Catherine, do you ever feel like that like spidey sense when something's going on with your kids? 
Oh, yeah. Like when Annie last year didn't feel good, I was up all night and texting her and I and I said, you have to get to the doctor. And she had a ruptured appendix. So but I was up all night. I could not sleep. I just felt like there was something wrong with her. And then I saw she must have just texted me in the middle of the night that she was in pain. And and I was like, well, I'm up, too. I just can't sleep. There's something wrong, you know, and um, there's been times where I could tell there was something off with one of them. And um, I do believe there's I think there's actually a bond between all of us. Um, but I think that with your child, there's definitely a bond. I could tell when Bridget had sex for the first time because she called me and she was giggling so hard. <laughs> I said, oh, my God, this kid just had sex. I mean, I just was, just, it, it was just, it's like you can't, you cannot replicate that. It was just amazing. She was like giggling like, ah, and I, <laughs> I hope to God my parents didn't. I don't think they I mean, knew. I, I don't think they knew. I literally called her the next day, and then she's like, "You said sex," and I was like, "I know." <laughs> no, that never that never happened to me. That happened with my friend Sam. I walked up to her. We were outside. It was it was in college, and I walked up to her, and she was like, <gasps> "I see it all over your face," and I was like, "No, you don't." Oh my God. <laughs> but I I don't think I called my folks for like a week after that. I was like, I don't. I don't need to. I don't need to give away this secret right now. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> See, I wanted to tell her. I was like, "We gotta talk about this, Mom." Guess what? Happened? I need new sheets. Oh <laughs> no! Not what from did you semen, say? you weirdo. From I did, blood. That's what I, I. I did not think that it was from semen, Bridget. I know what happens the first time people have sex. I was. You know what? Actually, one of the things that I'm most ha- happy about us having a very close relationship is that all of the things that I feel like some of my friends were, like, shocked about, I was like, why would that be shocking? Me and my mom talked about that when I was, like, 5 years old or 10 years old or 15 years old or 20 years old, depending on what sort of life thing it was. But I would have been so weirded out if I had gone into sex and she hadn't just been blatant, like, you might not like it the first time. It might hurt. You might bleed. All of those things are totally normal. Just do it again, and it'll be better the next time, and it'll keep getting better. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Just get out there. Put yourself out there. No, not like, not like sleep with anyone, but like when you decide to to play soccer too, just get back in the game and keep playing. Yeah, that is, I mean, it is broken. It's fine. (laughs) It is a sport. Are you bleeding? I don't care. I just (laughs) throw it up in my mouth. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, she, but I guess, I guess to sum up, mom, do you have anything that you would hope that people in our generation you know, because obviously now we have reached a point where technology is synonymous with like daily 10 minute, every 10 minutes you use technology in some way. Um, do you feel like there's like you have a little sum up about what you would hope new parents allow themselves to experience with their children with technology and without it? Oh, wow. Well, are we talking new parents? Like right now? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say they should probably Google emotional abuse of children and look under technology because there's actually a whole new field developing of parents that don't pay any attention to their children because they're always on their computer or their phone. And so the child never gets any attention. And I think that because it's becoming actually a big mainstream problem, that that's something they should really take seriously and, and intentionally put away their 
electronic. I'm not saying that your child should be 24 hours a day the center of your universe, but your child definitely needs your attention and deserves your you know, there's nothing like when you're with your kid and your kid's doing something brilliant or you're laughing together or you have those moments. And and that's what you miss out when you're just mindlessly multitasking, doing something else. So I think that's a serious problem right now, especially when I watch families out for dinner and the little kids have iPads and the parents are on their phone and no one's really talking to each other. I think... Um, that family time and meal time is a time where everybody can just stop and be together and share their day. And, and um, we used to go around and say, what was the best part of your day and what was the worst part of your day and really have empathy and compassion and laughter, you know, with each other. So that would be my biggest thing. And then for just couples or people or friends is just put your phones down and enjoy each other. And then for your parents, we never know how much time we have. So you should see your parents as much as possible, but texting them and just saying, Hey, I love you. Or I was thinking about you or sending them a cartoon or whatever you do, whatever's your personality is just something that's really enjoyed by the other person. Cause I think parents really want their children to do well. That's how you guilt me. You're like, well, I might die tomorrow, Bridget. So. <laughs> oh, that actually is true. But you know what I mean? So I think that people always act like someday they'll do it. Someday they'll call their parents. Someday they'll do this. Someday, someday. And, and someday is like, like, I'll try. Uh, you know, I when people are go, I'll try to come. I'm like, okay, they're not coming because <laughs> trying does. It's either yes or no. Like, so I do think there's something about that. Yeah, I definitely. It's actually one of the reasons why I decided that we would have children earlier. And a lot of people were like, you should be married for five years first, is because, like you said, like any of us could die at any time. And I would hate to be like selfish for two years, and that means that my kid knows, you know, you guys less. Or knows, like, God forbid, someone else who's very important to me or family member dies. Um, or even myself or my husband. I would want, you know, like, our kids to know us for as long as possible. And to have that sort of familial bond. Because I know that you, you know, you got touched quite earlier when you were talking about your mom. And I wouldn't, you know, and I'm sure you also wouldn't give up the 17 years I knew her just so that you could have had me three years later, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, my parents had me at 37, so that pushed all of us later. But I do believe there's something about once you you don't realize how much you love that parent until they're actually not there to talk to. Because, you know, my mother was the greatest person to just sit with a cup of tea. Well, when we were younger, she'd sit there with a cup of tea and a cigarette. And she used to just listen. She listened to my friends. She listened to all our friends. She listened to a lot of people. And they were like, I'm so glad I came and talked with you. I feel better. And she always made it right. You know, she, that, you know, like, especially with how the world is today, there's days I'm like, God, mom, I wish you, you know, were here. And like, what would you think of this? Or what should I do? Or am I a good mother? Or am I a crappy mother? You know, should I have been a mother? Damn kid. (laughs) (laughs) 
You are a wonderful mother, mother. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Well, that's all the time we've got for today. Ma, thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thanks, girls. I enjoyed it. And thanks to everybody back home for listening. We'll talk to you guys later. 